You've clicked on this podcast so you know it's now a font, but I'm just going to go ahead and say that, yeah, I'm a bit fanboy in this one because I am a big fan of his and it was a bit much for me at points to contain myself. He made the bubble when he was 17 slash 18, right? And that's probably the most important feature length kite video of the past decade, which I know is a bit bold to say, but I actually really think it is. Now we're on. I think we're connected. Yep, we're we're on. So over the months that we've been planning this, I've been watching your list of videos of influence change quite a bit. Was it? Have you found it quite hard picking just five? Or was it easy? Uh, yeah. I mean, for sure, it's really hard, and with time, everything changes. But also, I wanted to make it easier and kind of also because it was about the music as well. You know, some videos might have a lot of influence, but they might be a shit video in the end, like bad music and bad editing and what's influencing you more is the writing or the other way around. Like some videos, it's just all about the song and the video with another song would be really bad, right? So we're going to get straight into it. Your first video on the list is Aaron Hadlow's Mimic This from 2009. You're the first person to have chosen an Aaron Hadlow video for their video's influence. So can I just thank you for that? Because I feel like the other guests probably aren't really being honest to themselves by leaving that early Aaron Hadlow vids off the list. So Aaron's got quite a lot of different vids. Why did you pick Mimic This? What was it about that that you liked? I mean, I don't know. I just picked that one because I remember watching it a million times when it came out and there's this one uh, Crail front roll to blind where he grabs the grab and just tweaks it around like way more than anyone's ever done still to this day and I remember more recently I was with Aaron and we were I don't know watching videos I don't know what we were doing and we put that one up and he's like holy fuck how did I do that he didn't even remember doing that and then he watched it and he couldn't believe he did that so I thought that was pretty insane. And then there's some like KGB fives and front mope sevens that he was doing with straps that, um, yeah, the power and speed and everything that he had doing those and at the time uh, and with straps, like I just can't even imagine doing anything with straps like that, you know? Sure, I can barely go up wind in straps, so. I guess right now we should start the show. Who's this suspicious character strapped with the sounds profound? Similar to round spit by Derringers. You're in the Teradome, like my man Chuck D said. It's time to dethrone you clones and all you knuckleheads. Cause MCs have used up extended warranties. While real MCs and DJs are a minority. But right about now, I use my authority. Cause I'm like the wizard and you look lost like Dorothy. The horror be when I return for my real people. Words of split wigs hitting like some double desert eagles. Sporting caps pulled low and baggy slacks. 
exact than other rappers who lack over premieres tracks. Severe facts have brought this rap game to near collapse. So as I have in the past, I will dropping lyrics that be harder than sex and candle wax. And one dimensional MCs can't handle that. While the world's revolving on its axis, I come with mad love and plus the illest warlike tactics. The wilderness is filled with this. So many people searching for false blips. I'm here with the skills you missed. The rejected stone is now the cornerstone. Sort of like the master builder when I make my way home. You know my steeds. <laughs> you know my steeds. Let them know. Do your thing, dog. Keep it live. To the beach, y'all. The beat is sinister, primo makes you relax I'm like the minister, when I be lacing the wax I be bringing salvation through the way that I rap And you know, and I know, I'm nice like that Work through worldly problems, I got the healing power When the mic's within my reach, I'm feeling more power Stealing at least three minutes of every rap radio hour It's often easier for one to give advice Than it is for a person to run one's own life That's why I can't be caught up in all the hype I keep my soul tight and let these lines take flight The apparatus gets blessed and suckers get put to rest no more of the unpure i got the cure for this mess the whackness is spreading like the plague mc's lucked up and got paid but still can't make the grade how many times i wanna be is gonna lie yo they must wanna fry they can't touch the knowledge i personify i travel through the darkness carrying my torch the illest soldier when i'm holding down the you fort know you know my steeds let them know do your thing dog keep it live you know my steeds let them know do your On the microphone, you know that I'm one of the best yet Some punks ain't paid all of their debts yet Trying to be fly, riding high on the jet set With juvenile rhymes, making fake-ass death threats Big deal, like in Vogue, here's something you can feel Style's more tangible, an image more real For some time now, I've held the scrolls and manuscripts When it's time to go all out, you be like, damn, you flip Now I'm sick, fed up with the bullshit Got the lyrical full clip, giving you a verbal ass whip Don't trip, it's the gifted, prolific one Known as Ballhead Slip Why is the press all on my My style be wilder than a kamikaze pilot Don't try it I'm about to stop more than a friggin' riot Styles unsurpassable And knuckles that suckers Yo, the m- are harassable For I be speaking from my parables And carry you beyond The mic's either a magic wand Or it gets tragic like the havoc of a nuclear bomb Then I grab your palm No pulse, you're gone And if you thought we lose our niche in this rap sh- You way wrong I stay up, I stay on Shine bright like neon Your song's pathetic Synthetic like rayon it's pretty impressive. I also think what was impressive was... So so the video's um, shot and edited by that William Milne guy who made a lot of the videos around that time right before Andy Gordon took over and kind of blew everyone's mind. Yeah. But I reckon no one has got Aaron to talk as candidly and as well as, as William Milne did. Because at the end, that interview and throughout the whole thing, he speaks like he's super relaxed. He's even like sarcastic and taking the piss yeah, out of him. Yeah, yeah. Totally. That's what we want more of, I think. I don't know how we quite managed that. I thought about that too, actually, because I watched it this morning again. And I remember him telling me that this William dude was just this friend of his or something from the UK that he just flew around with him. And then all of a sudden, one day, he just fell out of the side of the earth and never heard from him again. So... That's pretty mad. Maybe we need him back. We need to get him on this podcast. (laughs) 
Yeah. That's what we need. He's going to be my next target, maybe. I've actually tried to get hold of Andy Gordon, but um, I can't find him anywhere on the internet. Aaron can't find him anywhere. So I don't know how I'm going to quite continue that investigation. But Whoa. Anyway. Maybe that's what happens yeah. with all of his filmers. They just disappear. You're, you're next, mate. You're Shit. Gonna, you better watch out. <laughs> all right, so now your next pick is The Gorge, which was a slingshot video from 2013. Oh, yeah. Can you remember what you were doing at this point in your life? Were you riding full-time? Were you at school? Were you competing? What was going on when this came out? I was doing online school already, maybe my second year, and I was competing, doing all these uh, junior freestyle events and... Probably did a few PKRAs as well. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think that was more or less like that. Yeah. And who were the other um, who were the other junior freestylers coming up that looked like they were re- really going to be good that are, are have blossomed since? Was Maxime and Tom Bridge in your sort of ilk, or are they slightly younger? Who was who was in your generation? Uh, well, Tom Bridge was always there, right? He was always eight years old and could always do a back five. And I feel like he was <laughs> he was eight years old for like ten years until he was twenty or eighteen. So when this came out in twenty thirteen, uh, it's shot by Patrick Wayland, uh, features Alex Fox, Sam Light, and Eric Reinstra in the gorge, hitting that. Uh, classic slingshot kicker and going apps yeah pretty massive actually um can you remember the effect it had on you at the time was this like an inspiration to get into park for you was it um yeah what was the effect of this video i think i always you know looked up to those guys and what they were doing even if maybe it took me a few more years to go that route but when that came out it was very you know mind-blowing because I think it was the first like proper video where you saw not just like people getting across uh, rails they were doing good tricks and even on the kicker as well and the music and the whole like vibe like the whole edit and everything was really really good it's aesthetically beautiful it's so crispy shot on a red and the graphic design as well for like the gorge logo and all the names that come up is just yeah is epic yeah um but did you look at that and think okay that's what the best videos are made with therefore i'm going to strive to get a red at some point was that also where you kind of found your love for seriously high definition cameras maybe not that video or i mean that video for sure helped but those that came after that one from uh, Patrick and Sam and Fox definitely like influenced what I wanted to do and what I wanted to be doing. Um, yeah. yeah, for sure. And how did you come to own, I don't know if you own it, or how did you come to use that red that you shot bits of the bubble on and things since? The red I own is the first red that was a bit more catered for non-Hollywood movies and you know like people with a smaller budget that don't have 50k to drop on a camera and it went out on pre-order and at the time I had a Sony like FS5 
and they were more or less the same price uh, if you pre-ordered it. So I did, and it took me like a little bit over a year to get it. So I was like kind of without a camera for like a year, um, which worked out nicely because it was in be right when I was editing the bubble and stuff. So I didn't really need to film anything. And yeah, just put it on a uh, whatever loan with like a few payments and did a few video jobs and things and paid for it. And, you know, it's been an insane camera to have since and it'll probably be a nice camera to have for a few more years. So, yeah. So what's it like when you're standing, when you turn up at the spot and it's about 35 knots and there's quite a lot of loose sand in the air and you're getting your red out of the car. Like, do you, is that slightly anxiety provoking or do you have insurance for that shit or how are you protecting it? Basically is my, uh, my question. So maybe around like a year ago or maybe two now, I came to the conclusion that, you know, it was there for that and I should not be um, too anal about it. So, yeah, I mean, if you look at it from the outside at the moment, it looks pretty um, worn out, but... I do take care of it and I take care of, you know, what matters, which is, you know, that lens and the sensor and everything else. But I've taped it all up with this gaff tape that's non-sticky to keep the outside good. And then I have a rain bag for it that I made to protect it from the rain and the sand. And now recently my dad and I, um, made a water housing for it so i've got my ways but you'll see me a lot of times with just a t-shirt wrapped around it and you know doing what you have to do oh how i'd love to roll you in roller roller coaster
Right, that was Roller Coaster by a band called Black Mountain. Yeah. The next video on Noe's list is a Chipper Wilson video. It's called N04 Number 4 from 2018. Uh, why'd you pick this one, Noe? I picked this one because I remember that when it came out, it was one of the first surf videos that stuck to me, not as in a wave riding, you know, like... It wasn't so much about the riding on the waves. It was more a, a tricks sort of video where, you know, there there's barely any turns. It's all about the airs and it's more of like a an intense, you know, trick part that you see in other sports and you don't really see in surfing. Normally, they play you the whole wave. And Chippa is obviously insane at airs and never really falls, so... Yeah, I just remember watching that and being like, holy shit, that surf video got me hyped to go do tricks, kiting or wakeboarding or whatever. So, yeah, I just remember that. And I really like how there's some super heavy metal music in the beginning and then it just cuts to like the piano and the rain and it's super, you know, a really big contrast, but the action is still mental and then it goes back to heavy metal to end the video so yeah i i found that i really like the the big contrast in in movies you know and how they play with the music to like slow you down and speed it up so yeah that's why i picked it am i right in thinking a lot of the visual inspiration for the stuff you've put out over the years comes mostly from surf videos yeah or would you say it's a mixture of surf and sk- yeah you would say surf. for sure okay. yeah okay because there's a video that was on your list that disappeared chapter 11 the dane reynolds um is that his name i can't yeah even see it on yeah it. that's yeah yeah um i felt like watching chapter 11 which was on your list I kind of got the sense that maybe that was where the idea for the aesthetics of the bubble might have come from. Would that be right? Yeah, or was yeah, it for sure, for sure. Else? Yeah, that that video came out right as like through the year we worked on the bubble. So for sure, it was one of the big, um, you know, influences at the ta- at the time, and still now it's a really really good movie. It seems like the so basically listeners the main aesthetic choice in that is to have two videos one on top of the other where the main one you're watching out in the middle of the screen is kind of you've essentially got a border seems like such an obvious way to add like a little bit of uh i don't know texture and color to and feel to a video effortlessly was um was there any other reason for you choosing to do that as well i know you used a lot of um flowers and things like that in the bubble where did that where did those ideas come from well um i don't don't know if i added it on the list but there's a movie called cluster uh from kai neville that came a few years before chapter 11 and that one had a lot of grainy you know flower and super eight film uh cuts 
and I really like that. And there was also a part where, from another movie, where they're just flicking flowers through. And I mean, I don't know. I just kind of like saw it a lot during the making of the bubble, and just was really into it. And I still am, but trying to stay away from it a little bit because otherwise, all your videos are the same. So yeah, I don't know. I just started taking photos of flowers and shooting them and that's what happened we're gonna hear the song from the chipper wilson video in number four we weren't on a big tangent there but we're back to the list now that was noah's third choice so we're gonna hear that song now
Okay, that was Setting Sun by the Chemical Brothers. The next video on Noe's list is Listen Now, Misty Dawn, which is a Kynel video from 2018. Another surf video. Noe, why this one? Well, Kynel again, he's for sure one of my favorite filmmakers in um, the surfing and sports world, but I guess he's also doing a lot of fashion things as well, which is probably what makes him stand out from everyone else. Um, and this one came out right as we finished the bubble. So it was like we were, you know, sandwiched right in between. And I just remember thinking really like looking forward to it because we were doing this premiere tour in Australia for the bubble and they were doing a premiere tour as well and we kept missing it and missing it and missing it and the day it came out I like you know went straight away to watch it and it was once again really really good same aesthetics as he is always known for really good water shots really good surfing um really good music and yeah i mean that's that's all you want really not much fucking around everything's very curated and yeah you can tell they put a lot of time into it interesting that both of those videos came out at the same time uh your bubble um feature length and listen now misty dawn when you re-watch the bubble now is there anything that you're like, oh shit, and you kind of wish you could change? Is there anything that sort of pisses you off that's in there as it is? Uh, not really. There's like there's like one thing or two things that I just remember I picked up on like way after releasing it and everything that I saw that were mistakes, but they're I mean they're only mistakes. To me, they're not, you know, there's nothing really that... I just remember, you know, it always happens when you're filming and stuff. You you have expectations to get to a certain level and sometimes you only get halfway there, which is in the end when you're editing and everything, you've forgotten about how frustrating it was or whatever. But yeah, sometimes throughout the filming it can be you think you're not get you're not delivering what you should be doing and then in the end it turns out great so maybe i wish i would have done that different and not get so frustrated the whole time but okay fair yeah so are you, are you quite stressy behind the behind the camera then when you're directing things or are you fairly chilled out the spot what are you like with the riders when you're directing them oh I'm I'm super chill. Sometimes people, you know, aren't getting their tricks or things like that, and they get nervous because they think that I'm thinking I'm it's a waste of time or something. But you know, I've been on the other side as well, and I'm on both sides the whole time. And I know that the last thing you want to worry about is your filmer being over it and wanting to go home. So I'm not that kind of filmer and sometimes it's annoying for the writers because I'm just behind the camera all day and I don't mind it and they're like oh this sucks let's go home 
<laughs> but yeah, I know how it is. So.
Uh, that was Setting Sun by the Chemical Brothers, and we're into Noe's last uh, last video pick. It's by Dustbox, I Wanted Most, which came out in 2020. A snowboarding video this time. Noe, why'd you pick this one? So my friend Xander, he is a snowboarder, and he's been re really getting me into you know the whole scene and you know trying to keep up with what's going on and who's doing what and also you know the millions of different tricks that these people are doing and why this and why that and you know all the ins and outs and i got to meet one of the kids from this crew the dust box when i uh, was in colorado with him a few years ago and ever since then, he's like, oh, these guys are doing like some really cool stuff, blah, blah, blah. They're purely street snowboarding. So driving around all of them in a van around the U.S., just looking for spots and, you know, doing the, the skateboarding thing, but on snowboards. And they put out this movie last year and won... I think they won movie of the year or short movie of the year or something like this. And it's, I mean, pretty insane riding and come, you know, coming from riding park and stuff. You can really appreciate what these guys are doing and the amount of spots that they go to because they'll go to like one spot and do one or two tricks and call it and go somewhere else. So you can really, you know, respect the amount of work and hours of shoveling snow. and. Yeah, it's one thing that urban board sports can do so well is like setting the scene of where the trick's happening, getting like facial expressions of people. It's just, it's pretty, you can paint like a really vivid picture, can't you? So yeah. it feels like you are there in the van with that crew. Exactly. It's something yeah. that kiteboarding can't, can often struggle to do which i think is a shame if anyone could work out how to do that that'd be i think we'd be onto a bit of a winner yeah i always i always think about that and how which would be the the best way to like portray that because kiting we're all so like we're at a beach all spread out far away there's like sand and water and you know all this stuff that you have you're not right up there with the riders the whole time and you're not going to make a movie with a GoPro, so, yeah. But, yeah, definitely the the drama and the emotion around, you know, the writing is what, what makes the, you know, the riding the streets, skating or snowboarding so cool, I think.
I find that a lot of times the best songs or the, the songs that are the most, you know, uh, emotional or that mean the most are the ones in the credits. Because this song I picked is the one in the credits. And you're coming down from this like roller coaster of tricks for, I don't know, 20 minutes. And then this song comes and it's like, you can feel the relief they must have had when they were got to that point. They're like, oh, we're done, you know, getting worked on the streets and that's that's it and the song's called why i love you so it's you know genius move for from whoever i'm not sure who edited it the movie but yeah i really really like that um i'm gonna ask you now two stupid questions and then one one quite good question <laughs> in my eyes at least yeah. whether everyone else will agree with that i don't know um now, send it the movie. When is it coming out? Because you were the stuntman for the main for the for the main character who was the. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Sort of uh, so actually, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we all had to sign a release of some sort because the movie got sold to uh, some uh, streaming platform. I'm, I can't remember the name. But yeah, so the movie got sold, so it'll probably be going places now. Mint. Yeah. I'm going to be able to see it. Yeah, so that, that's crazy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm apprehensive because a part of me thinks it's just going to be very cringy and painful to watch. Part of me thinks it might be so cringy that it's just amazing, a bit like The Room, possibly. And then a part of me thinks it might just be, you know, standard Disney kids film, quite, you know, just bog standard but it's got kiteboarding in it which is a good thing for the sport so i don't know i'm i'm i'm, I'm quite excited for it i'm gonna be streaming it definitely. yeah I'm, I'm not gonna you know spoil it for you i'll just you'll just have no. to wait no you don't need to comment on that you've already signed your signed your release <laughs> okay next stupid question is when are people going to start doing flips onto rails in kiteboarding like they do in wakeboarding uh, yesterday I was watching a clip of someone doing a board off and doing the whole board behind the back and everything and it was a really tight shot where you only saw the sky and I was like well why is that a trick when you're just flying through the air for as long as you want doing all of that as many times as you want <laughs> do you know what I mean like <laughs> I do like a kickflip on a skateboard, you're in the air for like half a second. So you, you're limited and you need to get it all done before you land. You know, a rail as well, a snowboard jump, a sur a wave, but kiting, you're like gliding for the through the air for like 20 seconds or I don't know how long. And you might as well be hanging in your living room, you know? So... There's a bit of that, like, why don't we flip into rails? Well, because if something goes wrong, we can whip the kite and, you know, save ourselves. So what's the point? Not like everything's about, you know, the danger factor, but in a way, in that sense, it is a little bit. That was quite a good answer. It was a very good answer. Now, my last question and I've written it all down, so I'm going to read it out like it's a speech. 2018's The Bubble captured a perhaps golden era 
of kiteboarding, pre-winging and pre-COVID. Where, <laughs> where big air was pre-pubescent, air tricks were king and Park had something to prove. I feel if you were to remake the bobble now, it would be quite different. Have you had any new ideas for themes, etc., for the next one? Well, yeah, that's a really good question. And you, you're you. right. I mean, I think the next thing I might do that is like that might just be with, I wouldn't say younger generation, but like all these people my age or a few years around who are r really up and coming, but they might have been, you know, unlucky with timing or you know the last couple of years now we have we've had a year of covid and then a couple of years before that where big air is really taking off and there's all these freestyle park people who maybe haven't gotten to shine as much as they should have and i think we actually need your energy to go into freestyle because uh, uh, big air is stealing the show at the moment which i think is cool i think it's the right time but i think there's still a lot of room in freestyle um for things to move forward and uh yeah yeah if you if you can um, bring that new generation um together to do a collaboration project or something like that i think that is what freestyle kiteboarding needs so yeah that's a good plan in my books you get you get the tick from me not that you needed that but you got it. Good to know, okay. good to know. <laughs> I think we're at the end of our Videos of Influence bloody interview thing. Thank you very much for coming on. No, fine. My pleasure, my pleasure. It's It's been a year in the making or something. And boy, was it worth it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs>